are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. If you take your Bibles and turn tonight to the book of Philippians in chapter 3, We'll read some verses beginning in verse 7 and read down through verse 14 and speak to you on this subject, know him better to better make him known. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Come in thy sweetness and come in thy fullness and stamp thine own image Deep on my heart, deep on my life. As I read through the Bible and read through the many epistles that uh, God used the Holy Spirit uh, to give us through the Apostle Paul, I come to the third chapter of the book of Philippians in these verses, and I find uh, for myself as I look at them a, a personal prayer of Apostle Paul, something that he's exercising and sharing with us, what he really wants in his heart and life is all that he can get in the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ in his life. Of the many things that are given to us in these epistles that he writes under God's Holy Spirit, teaching us, admonishing us, sharing. But but here is something in these verses I found for myself. As I look at them, uh, uh, his great thirst and great desire for all that he might be able to attain for his own personal life in the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I have drawn a ring around the word I as he expresses himself in these verses, I find probably 13 times he uses the word I, as if to say, I don't know about you. I don't know what about what your thirst is for God. I don't know what you want to be from God. But for me, this is what I, I personally want. And when I looked at it, I, I said, Lord, I need to make that my eye. I, I need to put my eye right there. And every time he uses the word I, Lord, let me be that eye that's searching. For the Lord Jesus Christ said, blessed, blessed, spiritually prosperous, is he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. I see this in these verses that we read now from verse 7, noticing the word I. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things with loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, 
not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. I pause to verse 9 and verse 9, that I might be found in him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are before and reaching forth unto those things which are before, he said, I press towards the mark of the prize of God, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The great hymn, Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Come in thy sweetness. Come in thy fullness. Stamp thine own image deep on my heart and life. I think that Paul was saying the same thing that the hymn writer gave us in Oh, to be like thee. He expresses that desire that I may know him and be found in him. He wasn't speaking of acquaintance. He knew him already when he said, Oh, that I may know him. He knew him, but he wanted to know him. Oh, what a thirst and a hunger uh, that statement expresses. I know him. I can say that I know him because I met him on the road to Damascus. I found out there who he was. And I found out there what I wanted. And there I found out later what he wanted of me. And that was to be his preacher. And it pleased God to make me his preacher. And that's all I needed. I didn't need approval from man. I just started out with what God gave me and the call that he gave me. Oh, that I may know him. You can say that you know someone, but if you're married to that one, and after you live with them for months or years, you really get to know them. I courted my wife 16 for six months, married to her 66 and a half years. I knew her. I was introduced to her. I could say I knew her. And I knew something of her in the courtship days. But oh, after 66 and a half years, I really began to know her. I really could say, I know this about her. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we know somebody, but when we walk with them or when we work with them or, or whether we're associated with them in close uh, proximity for many, many weeks or months or years, uh, we can say with a joy, boy, 
What a great day when I came to really know what this person was. Or on a sad state, I just really thought I knew that person. Sad to say many a young girl or many a man has said the same thing in marriage. I just thought I knew that person. Now I really know them. Paul wanted to really know the Lord Jesus Christ. I think he, his desire and his hunger and his thirst was to, to know how his heart beat as, as near as he could in this old finite body. Know that what the heartbeat of the infinite one is. I believe he found some of that heartbeat. Because uh, he said, oh, my prayer and heartbeat for Israel is that they might be saved. That's the heart of God, that the lost might be saved. He got a hold of some of that. No wonder he had such a passion and a hunger to see people saved and pay whatever price needed to be paid. To see them saved. I believe he had a, he had a thirst, he had a hunger to have a, have a heart, not only that felt like the heart of the Lord Jesus as he looked at the world, but uh, the mind, oh, if I could somehow get a hold of his mind as much as I could to think like he thinks. I think he got some of that. He would write, let these things be in you. Think on things above. Oh, what good admonition. I think he got wanted to see, Lord, I, I, I want to see what I need to be looking at in life. The thing that will keep me going right in life. I think he expressed that uh, when he said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He really came to really know him. No wonder he was such a powerhouse for almighty, mighty God. Paul wanted to really know him. I think he imitated as near as you could, humanly speaking, uh, the very life of the Lord Jesus Christ as near as could be done in this old, this old body. He wanted to really know him in all areas. We find him when we read in the book of Acts in chapter 4 and verse 13, a good challenge for all of us because there were some people too who were walking and living like Christ. The Bible says in that chapter and that verse they were first called Christians. It's one thing to be called a Christian. It's another thing for the world to see Christ in you, see Christ in your life. See it living in you and out of your life and my life. Oh, to be like thee. I would first of all say to you, oh, to be like thee and to know him. I've preached to my people through the years of pastoring and across the country and especially to all of the young preachers who are aspiring to do something for God and uh, sad to say, much of that today is geared towards just success and uh, not reaching people spiritually for the Lord. I've said it as I preached to my people through the years. We can become so busy doing for God until we fail to become more like the Lord. Oh, never stop doing for Him. But whatever you want to do in the doing of it, be sure that you 
become more like him as well as doing for him. It's not how much we have done, but how much we have become like the Lord Jesus Christ. This world needs to see God in preachers. This world needs to see uh, God in the church people that sit sitting in the pew. They just need to see God in our lives. I like what I read in Luke chapter 10. The kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ somehow when we're misguided in some of our thinking how that in the home of Mary and Martha and uh, in that home with his disciples and party and, and Mary and Martha doing what they normally would do as good ladies or good Christians and taking care of the guests that were there and preparing for them. And, and Martha was very busy about doing that and that was a good thing to do with special guests. But she suddenly realized that she was very, very busy doing uh, but uh, Mary wasn't doing it all. And so she began to look and search and find out where Mary was and found where she found Mary all right. But Mary was sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, just sitting down as it were, looking at it as doing nothing or shearing her duty. And the Lord Jesus in his kindness and sweetness spoke to Martha as Martha spoke to him about Mary not helping and Jesus looked at Martha and said, Martha, Martha, you're cumbered about much serving, but Mary hath chosen the good part. We need the good part. We need that becoming like him. And the more we can become like him, the more this world will be able to see him in our lives. I can just see Mary sitting there at the feet of the Lord Jesus, and I'm thinking for Mary now. And Mary is saying to herself, you know, I can't pass up this opportunity. This may not ever happen to me again. I may never again get to personally sit down at the very feet of the Master. And I think somehow as I picture her just sitting there. She was drinking at the fountain. She was feasting on the bread that came down from heaven. She wasn't shirking her duty, but she wasn't going to pass up that opportunity. And we don't need to pass up those opportunities. God, without godliness in our life, is of little gain to this world for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Don't you like to see that old godly saint that you somehow just walk among them and you just, you just feel like God's all over them? You just feel like, boy, they've been with him sitting at his feet. Don't you like to see that? I can say that honestly about my dear wife. I lived with her for those 66 and a half years. I know what she was as a wife. I know what she was as a mother. My daughter, one daughter is here, could testify to the same thing. But I've heard people say, uh, as she would 
dwell among them. She never was in a hurry to bypass anybody, a special lady or a preacher, just to converse with them and share with them. And they'd walk away and and say, what a blessing, what a blessing. We ought to be a blessing to people. Secondly, I would say that there is requirements if we would know him better. Certain requirements, things that are required of us if you want to know him better. And I'd say, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, uh, get, get a hold of this book. But not only get a hold of it, hold on to it. And just, just keep it. Don't, don't give it up and don't give it away. Get a hold of an old King James Bible because it's got every word in it you need. It's got every jot and it's got every tittle in it that you need. Don't try to make it better. Just read it. It'll make you better. And uh, don't try to improve upon it. If you read it, it'll improve you. It'll help you a little bit, bit along the way. There is a requirement for us, ladies and gentlemen, and a great opportunity, great opportunity for this generation and every generation that's had this old King James Bible because this book's about him. If you want to know him better, get in the book. And you can find out in this book, oh, this book tells us, yes, that there is a God in heaven. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Oh, how we thank God for that. We believe in a God. We believe he created all things. We didn't come out of monkeys or anything else. We didn't swim out of some old stagnant pool. God made man in his own image. That's what the Bible says. And the heavens declare the glory that there is a God. Thank God when the sky is clear and when you can look up at that moon at night and see that old moon shining if you're very careful it'll wink at you and say how God put me up here and I'm staying and when you see that sunshine as we saw the day you can say that sun shines down on you and it feels good when it sunshines on you and that sun is just saying hey I'm here to tell you God put me up here and I'm staying but when you look out into that night and you look out into space and you see that stars that are twinkling at you out there they're sort of winking at you and say I'm up here because God put me up here and everything's up here God made me and heavens declare that glory of God the firmament showeth his handiwork oh man oh when you look at the way that butterfly's wing has been painted and the next butterfly wing has been painted and you see that little butterfly flying and the beauty of it that little butterfly saying God made me God made me just like I am and boy when you hear that bird singing he's just chirping out and singing a tune I'm here cause God gave me I'm here cause God made me and I'm here I've got a song to sing to you the heavens declare the glory of God the firmament showeth his handiwork but this Bible that doesn't tell you what you need to know in that Christ died for your sins but this Bible tells you that God loves you this Bible tells you that There is a heaven, there is a hell. This Bible tells you that. And the things that you need to get to heaven, this Bible tells you about it. And where the sun's shining, don't do it. Just tells you there is a God, a God that loved you, sent his only begotten son to die for you. He died on Calvary for you. This Bible tells us everything we need to know. Not everything we want to know, but it tells us everything that we need to know. 
This Bible is about him. Jesus said this, these are they that testify of me. So if you want to know him better, just get in your book and read every word in it. Because in the old King James book, it's got every word that we need. Don't need to take any out. We just need to learn to live by what's there. Genesis, he's with God before the foundation of the world. You read about him in the book of Exodus, and he's a Passover lamb. You read the book of Leviticus, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. When you read the book of Numbers, he's the coming king. In Psalms, he's a, he's a rock, he's my hiding place. When you read Proverbs, he's equal with God. When you read the book of Isaiah, he's a root out of dry ground. And you read the book of Daniel, he's that stone cut out without hands. In the four gospels, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And you read the epistles, he's the chief cornerstone. If every knee's going to bow in Hebrews, he is the express image of God and upholding all things by his power. You read the book of the Revelation and you start and you find him standing in the midst of the seven churches. And when you read that whole book and get to the end of it, you'll find he's coming out of heaven, riding on a white horse. And he's going to come and rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. And you and I who are saved are going to come and reign with him. I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus tonight. You want to know more about him? Get in the book. Just read the book. He stands there. The Bible will help you to be more like him and to know him better. The psalmist said, my meditation of thee shall be sweet. Oh, I knew, pastored a lot of Christians. I encouraged to read that Bible and meditate on him because they had a sour attitude. But a lot of my priests that need a little sweetening up. <laughs> it's honey out of the rock. It'll sweeten your life, put a song back in you, raise your amen back again, and you'll enjoy living again when you get start to living close to God. I'll share with you another thing. To be more like him, we need a secret place of prayer. To be like him, to know him better. The Lord Jesus said, when you enter in to your closet, that's that little place, that small place. But it is big enough for you to get in there if you haven't cluttered it up with a lot of other stuff. But you get into that small place and you get in there and that prayer place and you know when you get in there that you're naked before God. There's no veneer on you. He knows you just like you really are. He knows you what you are. And it's good for us and has been good for me through the years when I get into that closet that he gives me that private little place for me to pray, to talk to him about things that I wouldn't talk about at family altar. I wouldn't talk about at the men's prayer meeting. Maybe things have run through my mind that ought not to be there or things that are not right in my life, that thank God I can talk to him about that. 
Because I know he knows me just like I am. There's no put on in here. Now, you don't see it all while I'm preaching, but when I get into that closet, I know he sees me just like I really am. And I know when I get in there and I spend some time with him, I spend enough time with him in that place. When I'm shut up in that little old place with the rose of Sharon, I come out I feeling better. And I come out with a little fragrance on me because I've been with the rose of Sharon. I come out a better Christian when I stay there. You need a good place. If you want to know him better, get in that little place of prayer. Last, I'll leave you with this. To stay more like him, you've got to beware of sin. It's one thing to become like him, but it's another thing to stay like him. That's a fight. Battle all of the time. The flesh and the devils, you've got to battle it all of the time. No ground is so holy and so hallowed that sin may not slip in. Sin will steal your warmth, will steal your warfare. Separated Samson from his power, David from his joy in the Lord, and Peter from his fellowship and fellowship for just a short time. But sin can, can do that. To stay and to keep his likeness in our life, you and I must be willing to take whatever's thrown at us. Every hard knock that we get, every time we get stepped down, every time we get abused, every time we so-called get hurt, we need to get up from that. We need to get up and stand up again. I was thinking about, as we think about football season, uh, thinking about a coach who wanted to teach his team how to be winners in a season, having a winning season. Not a winning play, not just a winning game, but a winning season. Because you can lose a play and still have a winning game, or you can lose a game but still have a winning season. And so he took two of his players and the, the whole team out, on the field, and he said, uh, I want just two of you to dress out today. Bill, I want you to dress out, and John, I want you to dress out, and, and uh, team, I want you to watch. And so he handed Bill the ball, and he said, Bill, I want you to put this in the end zone. John, I want you to stand on the goal line, and said, I don't want you to let him get in. And said, all right, Bill, take this ball and put it in the end zone. He did that. But he had to run over John to do it. And he was able to knock John down and get in. And coach said, well, let's try that again. John got up, stretched himself, and was ready to go again. And Bill come at him as hard as he could, and he hit him hard and knocked him down and went in the end zone. And after about three or four times, the coach said to the team, said, team, did you get it? They said, we got it, coach. When we get the ball, we're going in the goal. We're going in, the, we're going in for the touchdown. He said, no, you missed it. you got to be John. When you get knocked down, you got to get up again. There's another play. There's another game. And there can be a winning season. That was a good lesson 
Because many times we get knocked down. We get abused. And we get hurt. Christians get hurt, they say, in churches and so forth, you know. But you know, if you, if you get hurt, if you get abused, if you get rejected, if you get put aside, if you don't get thank you, get what's coming to you, get up again. If you get knocked down, get up again. If you get abused, get up again. Just remember who you get. Hey, you want a winning season or you just want a winning game? I'm in for the winning season. Brother, if you get down, if you get stomped on, if you get messed on, if you get thrown see, garbage all over you, get up. Get up. Get out of it. Get it behind you. When I was growing up as a young lad, my three, two, two brothers, father died when he was 31, put him to bed. He died in his sleep. We moved in with grandma. She had just a very poor house. My grandfather had been dead for many, many years. I didn't even know him because I was so young. But I can remember how that, that grandma had in her house, an old house, just an old floor that was there put down, nothing on it, no polished floor like this, no drug, nothing on it, an old fireplace. She had a kerosene stove. She cooked for us on a two-burner kerosene stove. You put a gallon of kerosene on one end of it and turn the burner down, and that's how she did her cooking. And if she had any extra money, ever had any extra money, she'd always like to get a piece of linoleum, maybe about the size of this piece or a little less than this, and she'd like to put it around where she worked on that little old kerosene stove. And we'd go down to 7th Avenue in Ybor City and, and Tampa, Florida. And uh, we'd go to that Sunshine Department store. And uh, there she'd pick out a piece of linoleum if she ever had a little bit of extra money. That's where she'd get the linoleum from. And you could go down to the Sunshine Department store. And uh, they'd pull out and they'd show us what they had to sell. And uh, Grandma never did have much money to buy anything. And... And so he'd show us a nice piece of linoleum and another piece of linoleum, the same size, was right over here on this side. And uh, he said, now this here piece of linoleum uh, is a lot cheaper than this one right here. But she says it's the same size. And they got the same pattern, the same look, same size, everything. Why is that piece over here more expensive than this piece? And the man said, well, this piece over here just has the pattern painted on it. But this piece over here now, that has the image pressed deep into it. You could scar this one up. You could walk on this for a little while and the whole image will be gone. But on this one over here, you could walk on it. You could spill gravy on it. No, I'm talking about that gravy I got today. Mm, I better get back to my message. And man, you could throw anything you wanted onto it. And you, you, you could clean it up, put it up, and that, that bright image would be right there. On this one over here, it wouldn't be long, wouldn't be long before Grandma walked around that stove that the image would be gone and the old red underneath would just be showing through. I remembered that 
When I pastored at the Providence Baptist Church in Florida for 19 years, and we were having some folks that wasn't doing exactly right, you know. So I said Sunday morning when I got up to preach, I said, I think I know the problem that's in our church right now. We've got too much cheap linoleum. I said, some of you get walked on a little bit, you lose your image. Yeah, you get somebody throw a little something on you and you lose your image. What you need, you need that image stamped deep on your life. Oh God, oh Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit, stamp thine own image deep on my heart, deep on my life. Get over it. Get back up. Get going again. To stay and to keep his likeness, ladies and gentlemen, that's what sometimes we have to pay a price to do that. Pay whatever price it takes to keep that image on your life. No matter what's thrown on you or thrown at you, whatever's knocked you down, get up again, keep right on going. If you have to make a sacrifice to keep the likeness there, make it. I preaching one Sunday morning, and a well-dressed man sat in the back of the auditorium on the left side. We started the service, started singing, he started weeping. Never seen him before, and he wept the whole message. I gave the invitation. He came forward. I went down to speak with him. I said, sir, I don't know you, but you're a stranger. But it appears that God has spoken to your heart about some need. What you need, can I help you and pray with you? He said, preacher, he said, I'm a Christian, but I'm a bad Christian. I've gotten away from God, and I want God back in my life again. I, I, I want my amen back again. He said, I've just gotten way away from God. I don't know what would cause it. And then, but we prayed with him about that. He came that night, brought his wife. They wept during the whole service. They came forward, made a decision for Christ. And then I got to know them. I baptized them, and I got to know them, know them real well. Pat Patterson was his name. And he said to me, he said, preacher, he said, uh, I asked him where he worked. He said, I am the vice president of Gulf Shipping. That's a big shipping company. International Shipping Company out of Tampa, Florida, vice president. After a short while, he came to me and said to me, he said, Preacher, he said, uh, we had a board meeting just recently. And the CEO said to me, he said, uh, Pat, what in the world's happened to you? I've got some reports from people who come out of the country and, and uh, you're not taking them out. You're not dining them and you're not doing this and that. You're not drinking with them. You did so. What, what's happened to you? He said, let me tell you what happened. So Pat told him what had happened. He said, man, I got right with God. I got a joy in my heart, a joy in my life. Man, I got my happiness back again. I got my marriage and hey, everything's good. I'm in church and that's why I'm, I'm different. I just don't drink with these guys. If they want to drink, that's their business. But said, Pat, you, this, that's bad for business. And Pat said, but what I got's good for my business. Well, they let it go. And finally, they, he called me. He said, to preach. He said, uh, 
we had another board meeting. The CEO said to me, he said, Pat, uh, you've been a good man in our company. And he was the president of another subsidiary company. Well-to-do man, important man. And said, now, Pat, you're going to have to make a change and make a decision. Uh, either you get back to doing what we did before and treating business like we have been through the years, uh, or either you're going to have to give up your job. You can't stay in this company. And Pat, weeping again, he said, Preach, he said, I, I told him. As the board sat there and the CEO sat there, he said, Gentlemen, I want you to know that a few months ago, I got back something I let get away from me. And said, I'm thrilled, I'm happy with my life and my lifestyle and my marriage. And said, I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I would not give it up for you nor none of you in here. If said, that cost my job, I'd rather have what I have than have the job. Sometimes there's a price to pay just to keep the image. The more like Christ we become in our churches, it solves the greater problems that we have in our churches. Because when Christians become more Christ-like and they have that image stamped deep on their heart and on their lives, they don't fuss with one another. And a lot of that bickering stops when you become more Christ-like. So my challenge to you tonight is this. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. Come in thy sweetness and fullness. Stamp thine own image deep on my heart and deep on my life. I don't know where you are in your Christian life. I don't know what you could do better in your Christian life. But I look at what Paul wrote here. I want to be found in him. I want to know him. And my thirst is for him tonight. Growing in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.